0: Hey, I'm Amy Chan and I'm an egg nana, the amalgamation of an egg and a banana. When I label myself as an egg nana, I'm referring to my cultural identity because I'm neither white nor yellow in appearance and habits. I grew up in the multicultural Canadian suburb of Markham, Ontario, where instead of a winter formal at my high school, we had a South Asian fashion show with bunger music performed by the students. When I was four years old, we moved to Canada. I had just mastered writing my Chinese name, using chopsticks, and reciting ancient Chinese poems on command. Yeah, we all know that one, and can credit the OG Li Bai. As a kid, I spent my summers in Taiwan, cherishing the window of time I'd have with the stinkiest of stinky tofus and buying the latest Asian stationery so I could share with friends on the first day back at school. My mother raised four kids on her own and was the original Uber driver that made sure we were never late to extracurriculars. You know, extra math class, extra science class, all the extra stuff. Being a middle child in a house with three male siblings, I retreated to books and writing fiction. Imagination became my most convenient friend. As a child, my two dream jobs were to be a novelist a la The Babysitter's Club, really hard-hitting stuff, and an Olympic swimmer. But then we got a TV in the basement, a big screen TV, and my monthly Scholastic subscription ended. I spent evenings watching shows that were definitely inappropriate for my age, which led me to thinking I'd one day live in Melville's Place because the 90210 area code seemed too expensive. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and a double dose of The Simpsons reruns were my after-school lineup, the perfect combination while snacking on a Jamaican patty or a Hong Kong bakery hot dog bun. And as a result, I learned from television. I observed Western mannerisms and collected pop culture references. At the same time, I still consumed Asian media and switched channels between languages, culture, and social mores. We gathered together as a family in the evenings to watch Hong Kong dramas, a routine familiar to many Chinese immigrant families. Well, and plus, we had rented uh, VHS tapes from Chinese malls that were filled with Taiwanese game shows. Thank you, Market Village, and rest in peace. On Saturdays, I'd missed the entire catalog of morning cartoons and preteen shows like Hangtime because I had Mandarin school. And I excelled in language school, publishing my first article in the World Journal newspaper at age 10 that I wrote in Chinese. As I graduated to more risky reading like Sweet Valley High, J14, and 17 Magazine, I imagined high school to be like what I saw on TV and read in books. But my high school experience was far from that. There were no cheerleaders and we didn't have a football team. Instead, we had an anime club and won provincial titles in badminton. Nonetheless, I never saw myself as the other. I never hated being Chinese or resented my heritage. I mean, I think there was this two-week period where I refused to use chopsticks um, when I was like eight years old and wanted to eat with a fork only, but... Um, and also I asked my mom to pack us mac and cheese for lunch instead of a gourmet bento of leftovers. But I never rejected the values and habits instilled into me. The epiphany of why representation is important didn't hit me until I lived in New York City in 2011 and met a lot of Asian Americans that struggled with their identity. I reached a point where I found our stories to be emotional, unique, and beloved. Within a week of this aha moment, I moved to Taiwan to work as a freelance journalist. I wanted to write Asian American stories that helps the community beam with pride and to sew back into a niche culture that raised me. I wanted to shine light on these immigrant success stories. I've always aspired to see my imagination projected onto the screen, which led to my passion for visual storytelling. And then throughout the years of my journalism career, I started to notice that I'm good at what I do. I love finding these warm fuzzy stories and sharing them and producing them and making them and having all this feedback and, you know, just people telling me how much they loved it. It it just really makes me happy and it feels like I'm doing something good for this world. Actually, let's not let the Asian child inferiority complex hold us back. I'm really good at what I do. So join me as we celebrate the successes and the challenges of our community. I truly feel that the most extraordinary stories are from the most ordinary of people. It just takes a good listener and a good storyteller to share this. The Agnada podcast is here to do that for you. So join us every other Friday and get your dose of inspiration. Thanks for listening to the Agnada podcast. If you liked what you've heard, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. I'd really appreciate it. I'd also love to hear any feedback you have. Feel free to email me at eggnatopod at gmail.com. E-G-G-N-A-N-A-P-O-D at gmail.com. Catch you in the next episode.